Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington for Federal Baseball, who took a drink before the show and is now kind of choking, but that's all right. Yes. Doghouse and Federal Baseball is on the line. After the Nationals end up with a closer-than-expected 7-6 to six win over the Atlanta Braves, Braves rallied in the end there to make it close. We'll talk about that in a moment, but wanted to start with Ronaldo Lopez on the game, uh, on the mound for the Nationals tonight. Dusty Baker talked about him before the game, said he was wild in the zone in his first outing, got hit hard, wild generally the second time, walking five in his second major league start. So asked what he expected from him in his third turn in the major league rotation. He said, if I was a betting man, last time he was out of the zone, first time he was in, this time he should be right in the middle. At least that's what I'm hoping for. He was pretty much right in the middle tonight. Uh, moved up from double A AA to triple A to the majors this year. Inconsistent in the first two, but uh, got a one down one nothing early after Freddie Freeman jacked a 1-0 fastball, hit a home run to right, 23rd of the year. One run, though, is all he allowed. Uh, got through four on 65 pitches, five on 73, two on, no out in the six. He strands both of them. One earned run allowed in six innings to that point, 92 pitches, leadoff single in the sixth, and he got a swinging K and a 6-4, uh, three-inning ending double play. That was it for the night, 100 pitches, seven innings strong. Gets to win his first major league win and gives the Nationals a, a good start out of that fifth rotation, which they haven't been getting in the last couple of weeks that they've been trying to fill in there for Joe Ross. Yeah, Ronaldo Lopez is continuing to improve, although we have to be careful about you know, drawing a line through three starts, but, you know, it's what we do. So, clearly, he's going to throw a, uh, a no-hitter his next time out. Um, <laughs> it's building towards that. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's pretty obvious. You, you look at where the line's going. Um, but uh, we saw all the things that we liked about Ronaldo Lopez in the earlier outings. Uh, he was there with the velocity on the fastball, uh, pretty regularly sitting up 97, 98. Uh, tremendous speed change uh, to uh, that that change at uh, right around 90, 89. Although he, he didn't seem to be throwing it that much tonight. And that curve that he was throwing for strikes and throwing for not strikes. And he even had uh, like a this, he was sort of had like a harder curve and a softer curve. I saw it as fast as 81 and as slow as about 76 on the night. So I, I don't know if that was how intentional that was, but uh, if he has the chance to sort of dial that up and down a couple of notches there and command it for uh, uh, in and out of the zone at will. You know, that's that's a, a, a really powerful ability there uh, for, for him as a pitcher going forward. And while we didn't see a, a gaudy K total tonight, for the most part, the contact was manageable. Things were uh, – there were some hard-hit balls, but – uh, other than, than Freeman's home run, not that many that were uh, were hit that deep. Most of them were playable. And on a on a hot night tonight, when the the ball's flying, you know that's that's something. Um, a, a lot to like about this kid, and uh, promising, I, I think, uh, going forward. Especially if you know this this is the 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 fifth roster or fifth rotation piece fill-in spot from uh, from AAA. This is a, a pretty good commodity to have in that slot. 
you mentioned, uh, not a strikeout stuff, but not a lot of Ks, which is how someone phrased it in the postgame. Uh, Dusty Baker, he did get nine ground outs, I should note, uh, four flyouts on the night, only two Ks, but he does have that stuff when he needs it. Uh, Baker said, I think he, everybody puts too much emphasis on the strikeouts. The key is to get out and take the sting out of the opposition's bat which is basically what you were just saying. And uh, they didn't hit many balls hard off him. Freddie Freeman, who was dangerous, did hit one. Uh, they threatened a couple times. They threw a couple key double plays, which is part of pitching. Uh, are we seeing Ronaldo Lopez with the stuff that he has, the high 90s fastball, the breaking ball that you mentioned, the changeup that's really a nice uh, change of pace for opposing hitters, uh, getting on the pitch to contact drain now that he's up in the majors. Uh, only one real hard hit ball I could think of is Freeman's, obviously, that he put out of the park, but you pretty much come to expect that from Freeman when he's playing the Nationals. Yeah, it, it's funny because, I, you know, hearing myself describe the Arsenal, that sounds an awful lot like season one Steven Strasburg, doesn't it? You know, mid to high 90s fastball, mm-hmm. about 10 miles an hour separation on uh, on the two secondary pitches. But if you look at his results, he seems to be pitching like Tanner Roark, like a contact manager. And it, it's so strange to see that, that high-powered arsenal and, and that sort of weak contact result for it. Um, again, we're, we're saying that this is his entire approach and how he pitches based on three appearances, two of which were, can generously be called works in progress. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, every 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 outing of his that we see, I think, is going to be a lot of fun as a fan because we're we're seeing him learn how to pitch, uh, and and getting a, a lot of experience that normally he would be getting as seasoning in the minors. But he's sort of been rushed along because of uh, injuries and the Nats need to fill that fifth rotation spot. And fortunately, he's got enough maturity and he's got Maddox there talking in his ear and he's got enough raw stuff that he's not completely outmatched out there. So th- the pressure isn't on him entirely. We're not, it's not a close pennant race right now, and he has a little, a little room to grow, and to, to be able to watch that as fans is, uh, is pretty fun. Yeah, it's not like in the old days when we were watching a team full of uh, unproven and prospecty kind of guys out there battling. Now we're watching one or two guys worked in with an impressive team that's a – put together here in uh, the nation's capital. And when you can get these guys in there, get them work in competitive atmosphere with a team that's winning and can kind of support them, it can only help, I think, these guys in their development. We are talking about, as you mentioned, a guy with three starts who's 22 years old at the moment. So what he's doing out there is pretty impressive and see if he can keep it up. Dusty Baker said he probably earned a uh, another start, though he once again admonished the press for trying to make him think into the future when he wants to think about the now also making his third start, Rob Whalen on the mound for the Met, uh, for the Mets. I should just stop reading my notes when I try to do this. He's a Mets 2012 12th round pick from starting for the Braves, acquired in the July 2015 deal for Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe, uh, seven and six with a 2.40 ERA in 21 games at Double A and Triple A in the Braves system. 112 Ks, 44 walks, and 120 innings pitched over that stretch. Uh, he gives up a Trey Turner's fifth triple of the season, uh, Murphy's 22nd home run, makes it 2-1 after one. Nationals take the lead after Freddie Freeman put them up. Uh, Turner gets a 3-2 sinker in the third. As I mentioned on Twitter, he was tired of running around the bases, so he just hit, one, hit that one out, a solo shot, 3-1 to one at that point. 
Uh, Revere triples, sack by, brings him in four to one. Revere's second triple drives Turner in from first, and watching those two run around the bases after each other was one of the more enjoyable uh, events of the night. Uh, Revere scores to make it 6-1 in the fifth. They go up seven, they get seven runs, and then it gets interesting towards the end. But uh, not a bad performance from Whalen. He ended up giving up a lot. And then five innings pitch, six hits, six earned runs, five Ks. But Nationals offense just kind of jumped on him and took advantage of some big hits by Turner. Murphy, uh, Revere, really a nice game by him on the offense, too. The Nationals kind of spread it around the top of that order. Turner three for five, Revere two for four, Murphy one for three with four runs driven in. Yeah, it's 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 funny. We I keep waiting for Turner to get exposed. I keep waiting for people to stop throwing him fastballs. <laughs> and here we've got a kid out there who's, you know, not a veteran pitcher, maybe maybe not the canniest judge of what he has to do to get another rookie out, and he throws him fastballs at in the high eighties, uh with with predictable results. Um, and and I, I can't tell you how satisfying it is to be able to say with predictable results, and by that meaning that the Nats get big hits off of a guy throwing a high 80s fastball. Um, so it, seeing the Nats light up a, a, a young pitcher who's clearly kind of struggling, still trying to you know find his groove, uh, is is very satisfying. Uh, especially if it's the Braves. I saved this question for Dave tonight. So, oh, wait, he's not here. I'm sorry. Tonight's OBP KMA update, Jason Worth with a Dang single it. in the sixth inning, 38, 38 hits, 30 walks, a 42-game on-base streak. He keeps it going. He gets one tomorrow. He ties Ryan Zimmerman for the longest on-base streak in uh, Nationals franchise history, 2005 through present in parentheses. Uh, when are you going to just finally admit that Worth is a lot better and he's an old man power and old man on base skills are really coming through for the Nationals? Never. Never. It's not a record. It means nothing. <laughs> well, it means something after 43. We'll have to wait and see what Jason Worth. We mentioned that oh, night. I am, I am I so looking forward to the interview with Colco if he gets to 44. That will make everything worth it. <laughs> Uh, Dusty Baker talked before today. He said Hughes Mara Petit is on his uh, needs to pitch. I think he puts NTP on the scorecard, as he explained it once before. Uh, he hadn't hadn't used him in a while. He basically explained that he's a long guy. You don't want to use him when you don't have to, because when you do need to use him, sometimes you need to go a long way with him. So he's been having a hard time finding spots to get him in there. He does get him in and gives up a leadoff triple by Jace Peterson. Uh, the second, uh, two bad plays in this inning, one on each side, basically. Uh, A.J. Kuzinski grounded back to the mound, and the next at bat, Yusmero Petit, instead of taking the out, which Jesse Baker says he probably should have, tried to go for the lead runner at third. You're up 7-1 to one at that point. Not necessarily the best decision. That kind of opened the floodgates a little. Jeff Francoeur singles to drive in a run, 7-3 at that point. Uh, Dusty Baker goes to Mark Melanson, Ender in the NCR day singles to score another one, 7-4. Eric Ibar steps up next, drives in two runs to make it a one-run game, and then that second play that I'm talking about tries to take third and gets thrown out on the play. Uh, Dusty Baker talked about that one after the game. If I can find his quote real quickly here. Uh, 
he said it was a game saver. Uh, it was a relay that you work on all the time. Ben Revere to Danny Espinosa, and Espinosa showed why he probably has the best arm in the league at shortstop. If it's a lesser arm, it would have been a runner on third with Freddie Freeman up, and Freeman hit a ball to a wall that would have been good enough for a sack fly to tie it there. But you never make the first out or the last out at third, as the old baseball saying goes. And Eric Ibar got a little greedy there and got himself thrown out. A really bad play there. Freeman lines out, Kemp grounds out, and that's the ball game there when they had a chance to tie it. Yeah, that was that was really a close play though. Uh that's that's one where the Nats have to be perfect to get him. And honestly, from where I was in the stands, it, it looked like he beat it he beat the play. Uh, on the replay it was a lot closer. There was one angle where he did look out and it was probably close enough where uh you couldn't overturn it on the replay. And honestly the the thing that I couldn't see on the replay was at, at what point Rendon's gloves it uh, it hit his body because I could just see that it was next to him, not that it was on him because it was it was shielded from me. But that's that's right where the ump was standing, so he had a view of it. He yeah. probably got it right. Um, but yeah, that that is a little aggressive, you know, considering that uh, you're, you're still in. Uh, uh, you got one out there. Uh, you got some big hitters coming up. You're still in scoring position. Um, I, I don't think that's a, a place you want to you want to press your luck there. I mean, he almost made it. Uh, and, and he bobbles on yeah. that play, and he does. But it, it seems like the risk reward there was uh, probably should have played that a little bit more conservatively. And uh, okay, you, you got two outs behind it, but who knows what would have happened if if Melanson has to pitch to Freeman with uh, with someone on base? You know, even if that that sack fly gets him to third. Then maybe he makes a mistake to Marcakis and the game is tied anyway. Um, but uh, I, I love second guessing the Braves because any mistake that they make, we can just belabor endlessly uh, because it's the Braves. Yes, I should know that. And Dusty Baker's quote there uh, if he doesn't go for 30, he's on second, as you mentioned. So they'd have to move him over and get him in. But there were no outs at that point. So entirely possible they could have done it. We'll never know because he made a mistake and got thrown out. I agree with you on that play. That one replay you were describing is exactly what I saw, and I I really didn't know when he actually tagged him versus when his hand hit the base. But the Nationals hold on for the win. We'll jump off the field for our last few minutes here and talk about the big news of the day. Jonathan Tappelbon is released by the Nationals. They owe him about $3 million, which he'll apparently get and be able to go play for someone else if he can catch on. Dusty Baker said before the game it was a tough decision and we let him go because there wasn't really a fit anymore. So where to use him, Pap understood, because he told us last night that he felt like he was putting pressure on me and putting pressure on the bullpen where guys had to pick up innings where they might not have pitched ordinarily. I'm just pulling up a Rizzo quote here because I think he kind of said what we've been talking about for a long time on the show. Uh, when you analyze and evaluate what his strengths and weaknesses were, his command of his pitches was something that he relied upon in the last three or four years of his career. He was just missing spots. When you miss your spots and then you don't have blow away, swing and miss stuff like that hasn't had in the past couple of years, you have to be very pinpoint, and he wasn't. That pretty much sums up what we've been talking about for Jonathan Papelbon for months here as we've been waiting to see if he blew up and when he blew up and Finally did. The Nationals made the move, and Jonathan Papelbon, much to the delight of Shout and Troy-loving uh, D.C. baseball fans, is no longer a member of the Washington Nationals. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, much much as I love to dump on the, the Braves or the Mets at every possible opportunity I get, uh, even the Phillies, too, of course, uh, 
I just, you know, at this point, Pax is off the team. That's that's all I've wanted for a long time. Get over it, DC baseball fans. Move along. Let's let's focus on on the positives, on the good things that this team is doing, and the good things that might happen later in the season. Uh, you know, write the managed check for three million, and and let's move on to better things. You know, we we as, as you point out, we've been discussing a long time what what past problems are, and now they're not our problem anymore. <laughs> well said. Do you see him catching on anywhere? Uh, he said, agent said, I'm sorry, Dusty Baker said that his agent asked for him to be released rather than DFA because he'd be DFA and you have to go through that process and could take up to 10 days. Releasing him gives him an opportunity to try to catch on. Rizzo tried to trade him, or tried to trade for him. There wasn't too many people going for him at the time. There weren't any takers as winner when he supposedly entertained offers. Do you think someone's going to give uh, Papelbon an opportunity to catch on here? I can see Loria taking him on the Marlins just to troll us. But uh, <laughs> re- realistically, you know, he's he's a free pitcher, uh, essentially. So right. if you have no depth in, in AAA, maybe you give him give him a flyer if you need a body. But I, I don't see anyone serious who really needs him because, uh, you know, painful as it is, he's essentially a replacement-level reliever right now. And, you know, you probably have cheap ones of those sitting around in, in AAA or on the waiver wire. You know, you, you don't have to assume his baggage, even if he costs you nothing. Yeah, we'll see if he catches on anywhere. They got Mark Melanson closing games in the ninth. I don't think DC is going to miss Jonathan Papelbon too much, so I don't take the joy in someone losing their job like he did today that some people seem to have on social media and everywhere. But Jonathan Papelbon's gone. We're done for the night. Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Oh, yeah, Bryce Harper's MRI was clean, but they didn't quite say where the MRI, MRI. Nats Nightly, MRI. sponsored by <laughs> Watching by FederalBaseball.com, 7-6 tonight, rubber match tomorrow, 1.35 p.m. I will know for anyone listening that I'm going to appear on Nats Insider with Byron Kerr at 12.15, so definitely tune in and listen to me make a fool of myself on the radio. Talk to you after tomorrow's game, sir. Nats Insider at 12.15, listen for Patrick Reddington, who was almost a jinxer tonight. <laughs> almost. <laughs> so you're saying? Oh, nothing, just to so go Nats. Go Nats. Let's see. Way to ruin the end of the show. <laughs>